Welcome to Lead by Example, where we talk to business leaders about their passions in life, at work, and how their journey can help others. I'm Jason Manning, and I've been interviewing celebrities, musicians, and other interesting people for the past 20 plus years, and look forward to bringing you an inside look at how business leaders are inspired to do amazing things and lead by example. Each of them has an interesting story to tell, and they just might have a lot in common with you. So join us on this journey to find out what inspires these people to do what they do and where that passion comes from. I'll be joined by my co-host, Matt Berry. He's founder of Conversion Marketing, an avid storyteller who appreciates learning from fellow business leaders. This podcast is brought to you by Conversion Marketing, bringing decades of experience in storytelling and marketing to B2B and tech companies who also lead by example. Hi, Matt. Hey, Jason. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. We uh, who Tell us about our guest on this podcast uh, episode of Lead by Example. Yep. Today's guest is Paul Kerwin, who's CEO of Channel Signal, and someone I've gotten to know pretty well just over the past few months as we're doing some work together. And Paul has an incredible background. Um, he has started... Uh, several successful companies, including the one he's CEO of now, um, and just has a wealth of knowledge about the retail industry, online shopping, reviews, and leadership, and and a great style, which I've already um, started to learn some great things from from working with Paul. So looking forward to, to today's conversation. Paul, welcome to Lead by Example. Thank you, Matt. Sure appreciate it. Uh, and appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience. It's great. Yep. So um, I thought we could start by talking a little bit about, you know, you've um, started and, and run a number of companies and, you know, the most currently being Channel Signal. But uh, I'm curious to know, um, did you always want to be a business owner? Um, is it something that you aspire to do and, and you know, how did, how did that work? And especially with your first few companies in terms of getting those off the ground? Yeah, great question. Well, first of all, I get a lot of, from, from my family members and from my goddaughters and godsons and everything, they all ask the same question. Well, okay, well, you know, I mean, I'm starting out and how do I do, how do I, you know, how, you know, I, I got to decide what I want to do. And I said, no, you don't have to decide what you want to do. Life is not a straight line. And, you know, you take one step at a time. And uh, I started out uh, as a straight commission salesman uh, and selling during a depression in the 70s. And I was selling uh, people. I was a headhunter. It was tough, tough business. Um, but after being a straight commission salesman, I, I liked it okay, but I thought I really wanted to get into the news business. So what I ended up doing is I cold called around and I finally got a job uh, and they paid me, uh, I think, $600 a month. And I drove a refurbished milk truck uh, and I was the, uh, the mobile radio news reporter for KREX in Grand Junction, Colorado. And I was so excited I was in the news business because I really did want to be in the communication business in some way. 
So one thing led to another, and you know, six years later, I had moved from oh, uh, radio news to television news to anchor to anchor producer, et cetera, et cetera. And um, and then I got married, and uh, and my father-in-law started talking to me about you really ought to start your own business. Uh, and so I did. And, uh, that was Kerwin productions. And I parlayed my television, uh, uh, uh television expertise into, uh, uh, building, uh, clinic videos for people like Solomon, Rossignol, Malden Mills, Wilson's, the sporting goods companies. And we, over, uh, 10 to 15 year period, we worked worldwide in seven languages and we really, really did well. Uh, and then nine 11, uh, hit and, uh, it really hurt my business. And, uh, so I decided <clears throat> at that point that it might be a good time to, to make another pivot. So to make a long story short, what did I, what I ended up doing is taking, uh, my expertise with regard to, uh, building videotapes uh, uh, for brands that they could sell, to, that the, the reps could then use in their clinics to move that into, why don't we take this online? And why don't we take all the training online? And uh, so that's why I started a company called 3.5. And 3.5 is the distance between a retail salesperson and a consumer when they talk or a customer, when they talk, it's always three and a half, you know, it's kind of a Da Vinci code thing, but it's always three and a half feet, uh, two feet to, uh, uh, two feet is too small a distance Four or five feet is too far away. Um, and so it was three, it was 3.5. So that kind of went to expert voice and, uh, and it went from 3.5 renamed all the way to expert voice. And now <clears throat> I'm still the founder of it. Then I still have an interest in the company, but it is one of the largest, uh, online training and expert, uh, uh, companies in the, in the country, if not the world. But at some point I went to the board of directors at 3.5 or expert voice. And I said to them, I I've got another idea that I need to go do because, what you guys are doing is you're online and that's fine, but I've noticed that the power is shift to the consumer. And I've been noticing, I was noticing how Amazon just kept putting more and more product reviews on their site. And they, the more reviews they put on their site, the more money they made. And I just thought, you know, people now have an op opportunity to publish. So the buyers have an opportunity to publish to uh, shoppers and it's really making, uh, really making a difference. Uh, and that's why I, I did channel signal because channel signal, then what we do is we measure, uh, the product reviews for brands, um, and other companies, uh, so that they can improve their products and they can fix the, fix the products that are broken. So that may be a long winded way of saying no. No, that's it's always awesome, especially as a uh, uh, a small business owner myself, to hear about people who have you know really gone for it and been successful at it, and then continue to evolve and find new opportunities. Um, 
and I think so this plays a little bit into my, my next question. So as part of, you know, starting and running these companies, you've obviously had to build teams. And a big part of what we talk about here is, you know, leadership. And that comes in a lot of different forms. Um, so my question is, you know, how do you think about in terms of, you know, when you're building your teams and we've had some conversations about, you know, the, the benefits of, of having smaller teams. Um, but, you know, how, what's, what's been your approach? Maybe what are some of the things you've learned over the years? I've learned that an entrepreneurial CEO has to have two attributes. Uh, and if he or she doesn't have one of those attributes, <clears throat> it probably isn't going to go well. The first attribute is what is the vision and where, where are we going? Uh, it's like the old joke, you know, I don't know where we're going, but we're making good time. Uh, you have to understand where, you know, what the vision is and be able to communicate that vision. That's number one. Number two is you have to be able to spot real talent and get those people involved and get them to drink the Kool-Aid that, okay, we're going in this direction and they're all in with regard to, to the vision and they don't need to be managed on a day-to-day -day basis. Basically what happens is you outline the vision, you outline what their responsibilities are, their goals, their schedules, and then you hold them to it. Those are the two things over the years that I've, that I've really, uh, really uh, think that are the two major attributes along with one, one other that is kind of the overall surrounding attribute, which is you, you have to have perseverance. You, you are, you know, you are going to have things that never ever happened to you before. And I've been in this business a long time and uh, you know, there will be things in the next few months that have, have never happened to me before that I never even thought about. And you have to be, you have to persevere through those. You've got to lean on your team. You've got to understand, and you got to make the, you got to make the tough decisions. Yeah, those, those are great. And I can tell you just from my short experience working with you, you certainly, you know, live those attributes out. Um, I had mentioned to, to Jason as we were preparing for this, it was a small thing, but something that I picked up on, um, and I think that reinforces your point about having that focus and everyone all in. You know, we were kicking off some work, and one of the first things you did was you sent around a very short one-page document. You called it the simple strategy, and it laid out, you know, your expectations um, of what the next month was going to look like. And uh, we went back and forth a little bit on it. It didn't get any longer. And now my team and I, you know, we reference that a few times each week and sure we're, we're still, you know, heading in the, the same direction that you need us heading in. And I think just those small things of, uh, you know, ensuring everyone on the team knows where we're heading is critical. And, uh, and so I've, I've already learned, you know, a lot from you and, and I know I'll learn more, um, because that other point on just not being, you know, being ready for the unexpected and, um, you know, a lot of companies that we work with, you know, really want to do things a certain way and keep marching to that. You know, I appreciate the fact that you and your team really do have, uh, you know, look at things um, with, and are very open to, you know, the direction it, it should or it could go in and just being open-minded 
um, because sometimes it's difficult when you've got a vision to shift that strategy or vision. But the fact that you and I think your team picks up on that from you, that you're, you're open to trying some different things, um, I think is also a, a big attribute for leadership in terms of, uh, you know, being able to, to shift and, and adjust when there's, you know, other options that are, are brought forward. Right. And I, I also believe you have to be able to pivot nowadays because the, the economy is moving relatively quickly. I know that I just talked with the CEO uh, last night uh, where he said, I thought I was done in March. I thought, OK, what are we going to do now? Well, in some instances, and if you're in the right business and if you're willing to pivot quickly, there are a lot of companies that have capitalized uh, on the the COVID-19 um, uh, problem. And with regard to, you know, obviously you have Zoom and you have a lot of, you know, blue jeans and et cetera. You've got a lot of that going on. But what you also have is you also have people that have, even from small pizza parlors, uh, I, you know, uh, there is a Chinese restaurant in Vancouver, apparently, where the, the chef is going online and hysterically reading what his Chinese menu says, uh, and, and it's going viral. These are just some of the things where companies that are able to pivot and work with the situation, the COVID-19, you know, situation that, that, presents itself now. It's a terrible thing, uh, but there are silver linings there. And I think many, many companies are finding what those silver linings are. And uh, they, they've, not only, they've not only survived, it's many of them uh, have done pretty well with, them, with it. Yeah. And I think that, that comes right back now to, to a little bit, well, let's go into a little more depth on channel signal. I think, you know, one of the things that just struck myself, my team, others, as I tell about it, Jason, I was telling you, you know, the same thing, giving him some background in terms of, you know, the shift to online, online shopping, mobile shopping, it was already happening pre COVID. But um, I mean, I know from the the number of Amazon visits I'm getting each week, you know, it's just skyrocketed. And the work that you and your team have done, you know, in advance of COVID-19, but now being able to really um, put the pedal to the metal, you know, I think is so critical. So, you know, but in my eyes and for the audience, you know, I'll try to explain channel signal and then you certainly um, fill in the gaps. But if we just think about our own shopping experience online and especially on a mobile device these days, um, you know, when you find a product you want, whether it's on Amazon or elsewhere, you know, there's always going to be a level of comparison shopping, um, reading reviews, you know, some of the reviews sound ridiculous and you don't know if it's, you know, a real person or they work for the company. Um, and the fact that Channel Signal brings in, takes all of those reviews from all over the internet, from Amazon and Zappos and whatever brand sites, um, you know, you might be shopping on and cleans those reviews. So ensures that, you know, there's not duplicates and the one, the reviews you're reading are legitimate. And then also, you know, has their own technology and AI that's able to distill a really meaningful score that, you know, is essentially all you need to do to, to confirm and finalize that, that purchase. So as you're going through uh, a website and you're, you're at that checkout button, or maybe you're just moving to the cart, but to have the reviews and this score right there, you don't have to navigate away because then you usually lose the consumer. 
um, I think is just such a powerful thing. And so going back to vision, you clearly had uh, a great vision. And I think, you know, now the timing and the, the trends and how people shop, it's just going to be that much more critical. Yeah, I think one of the things that I noticed with Amazon was, and you know, Amazon uh, did really well, uh, and now uh, they they have been copied by Best Buy, Walmart, Target, uh, EveryBrand.com uh, that you can think of. Everybody posts reviews. Well, this is also created to the noise. There's just a lot of noise on the internet now, and you know, you you would uh, when you're when you're on the desktop, you you can go a little faster, and you can you know, when you're on your desktop, there's still a lot of noise. And the fact is that so many people abandon the cart. About seventy-four percent of people abandon abandon the cart, and they don't push the buy button. And you know, and and. They have done the research. They've already done everything. And then they're ready to buy, and they, they still hesitate. Now, they hesitate for a lot of reasons. But there's just so much noise. And when you get to the buy button, you need something there that says, okay, that reinforces my research. That I believe in. This is an independent assessment, and this is what I believe in. And when you're on your mobile, that's even more important because you have you have less uh, you just have less patience for buzzing around uh, an internet site and then going to three or four other sites on your phone. You basically say, this is the product I want. I'm going to thebrand.com. Okay, I like what I'm reading here. Yes, this is everything that my friends have told me. Okay, now I'm at the buy button and said, yeah, okay, this is an independent assessment. Fine, I'm done. Push the buy button. Yeah, that is, it's so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, they, they talk about things like, um, you know, trust signals. So when you're going to make an online purchase, maybe it's um, a security company, and I won't name any here, but recognizable icons there that just give you a quick burst of, com you know, uh, confidence that, you know, your credit card is safe, for example. And to me, it's like, and I hadn't thought about it until I met you, but it, just makes so much sense to have, and like you said, the independent um, assessment and score right there. So it's like everything you need to make the decision um, is right there. Hey, in some cases it might be, I thought this was a really great product, but the, the channel signal score shows otherwise. I got to, you know, check this thing out a little bit more. Um, but it, I think it, it is going to be, and it is such a powerful um part of the buyer's journey and just knowing how much money trillions of dollars companies spend on marketing and advertising to get people to their website and navigate perfectly through and they get to that final point and like you say you know then seven or eight out of ten people will leave their shopping cart for lots of reasons um and then they'll never be back or there's you know then endless email campaigns trying to you left stuff in your cart come back it's so critical to get the consumer to take action right there um, so I think it's, uh, it's a, a great idea and something you're obviously seeing success with. And, and as brands and retailers get to understand the value, um, I think it's just going to continue onward. 
Yeah, I do too. I, 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 well, we hope it, we, we hope it is, but what we're hearing from our customers and what we're seeing with some of the, the uh, preliminary research that we're seeing is that this, this helps to eliminate the friction uh, and eliminate some of the noise. It's important that we're, we're independent. It's important that when we post the score, uh, nothing has been manipulated. Uh, the brands haven't manipulated this, uh, manipulated the data and other data, in other words, taken out the one and two star uh, ratings. None of that has happened. Uh, this is the cleanest delivery that we can possibly manage to the consumer, and that's why we call it the consumer to consumer score. It's genius. As far as genius goes, I'll tell you a quick story. I, uh, about 10 years ago, maybe eight, eight, 10 years ago, I was named one of the top 10 uh, influencers in the outdoor business. And I came home and I said, uh, you know, I showed Allison, my wife, the, uh, the certificate. And she looked at it for a moment, read it, looked at me, and she said, okay, why don't you take out the trash, Mr. Power Player? <laughs> That's funny, yeah, that's but, but when you think that's about when you think about ratings, though, I mean, I think in my house about how we looked at ratings for I don't know how many air fryers until we decided to buy the air fryer, and like you guys were just talking about how long stuff will sit in a cart, and you get the the emails following up like you forgot this in your cart. Here's ten percent off to you know help convert the sale. But when you can find metrics like you've, you know, you've like you have, Paul, this is this to me is a game changer because more and more people, especially whatever demos you want to cut up, uh, we are all ratings based. It's not it's gone from at least in my for my me speaking and in my household, it's gone away from price to rating. And I don't ever remember that happening until until the last, you know, 12, 18 months, whether that's just because we have more time to rate and look at stuff. But I bought a cooler, I bought a Yeti cooler, and I must have read a thousand reviews until I decided, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit more money on a cooler. And, and it was based on rating, not price. Yeah, that is a, that is a great point in that, in that the it's 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 been this way since the beginning of time is that you know people believe people and uh, what <clears throat> most shoppers are doing now is they're looking for their storyline. So you know what did you want to use the cooler for? Did you want to use it for fishing trips? Did you want to use it for camping trips? What did you what you know, Jason? Did you want to use the cooler for? It was primarily for taking it to concerts and uh, and road trips and camping trips and stuff, and having something that would keep things cold for more than three or four hours. And the Yeti will keep it cold, as I learned, for up to twenty four hours. And what happened when you finally read the storyline that said we bought a Yeti cooler? And we took it to a concert, and it worked so well in the concert that we we turned around and we were the next weekend we went on a camping trip and we took the Yeti cooler, and our drinks stayed cool, the the it was secure da 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 da, and you just you know a lot of people read their storyline they yes. may one or they may read one or two storylines, and then that's it they go no 
that's that's what I'm looking for. It's almost you're, completely, and it's almost like you're looking for the reinforcement of, oh yeah, it, it'll work for me, and then boom, you go and buy it. Exactly. And so then our feeling is that if you were looking for the Yeti cooler, you saw your storyline and it was uh, and you saw that it was generally a 4.3 or a Mm 4.4. And then you go to the buy button or the path to purchase and you see an independent score that says 4.3 and you go, yep, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And that's where you push the buy button and you 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 go all the way through the buying process. Exactly. And it's funny how I've become this person like millions of others that when you're making a purchase, that's not just, you know, an $18 book that you will go and aggregate and I will read all the negative reviews because some of them make me laugh and it shows how petty people are. Like when you look up beach beaches on TripAdvisor and find one-star reviews for beaches in Hawaii. It always makes me laugh. And then you, it just helps. I don't know. It just, it, it feels like confidence is more uh, instilled in me because I feel more confident about the purchase instead of, well, let's see if it shows up and it's okay, which was the way that we shop before. Like when I think about growing up as a kid and my mom would look in the I sound like I'm 400 years old, but when my mom would look in the Sears catalog and we'd order stuff in there, there were no ratings. There was no way to to judge. It was all word of mouth. And now, obviously, with the Internet, we have lots of word of mouths all over the place. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to eliminate that friction because a lot of these brands uh, and even the e-commerce sites and the affiliate sites, they don't want you to leave the site. They don't, they, they want to keep you there as long as you possibly can. Because frankly, if you abandon a cart, that takes inventory away from them. And that freezes that inventory for two to three weeks. Now they'll release that inventory. But if seven out of 10 people are buying your product or saying that they're going to buy your product and they put it on hold, now all of a sudden you've got 70% of your inventory on hold uh, and then you start releasing it in two-week periods. It's expensive. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great visual. I'm just picturing, you know, that's the online version. Imagine if, you know, in a, in a brick-and-mortar store, people would go in and just keep, you know, saying, hey, could you put this on hold? Could you put this on hold? You know, their inventory would shift to uh, another room. They'd, they'd be sold out, so they think. Um, but that, that's one area that uh, I hadn't quite thought about. But all these small things that really add up for retailers who already, you know, have slim margins and um, can't afford to lose customers that are, you know, in their store, whether it's online or brick and mortar. Um, and again, it's just, I think, why reviews have become, you know, so important to the shopping process, but then, you know, taking the guesswork out of, you know, which reviews to read through when I'm on Amazon. I mean, I'm scanning through dozens and dozens. Um, but you know, your approach of how do I help, uh, speed up that process, serve up the, the, um, the accurate reviews. And in that quick, you know, blink of an eye, get a score that tells you essentially what you need to know. Um, so very cool. 
Well, you and I, Matt, had talked about this, uh, is that when you when you go up in a brick and mortar and uh, the you're checking out and they look at the pair of pants or they look at the uh, or they look at the flashlight that you bought or the or the skate skis or anything else. And they look at you and go, oh, wow, this has been a really popular item. That is just total encouragement to say, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is that is kind of the thing that puts a lot of people on. Oh, this is a very popular item. Uh, and uh, wow, that's still in stock. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. And, you know, people feel good about that. And that's what we're trying to bring to the buy button. Uh, just just a quick thing. I, I noticed at ChannelSignal.com, your website, you have worked with Stanley and you have a really great example on your website. Can you sort of tell us, uh, articulate a little bit about that project that you worked on? Because it speaks to everything we're talking about. Yeah, well, what Stanley has done really, really well. And one of the things uh, that they they hit on is they keep things cold colder longer, and they keep things hotter longer. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's and they started out as a you know just a water bottle, okay, and then the water bottle got better. And Stanley's been in business in the, in this business for a long time, so they have they have really a lot of brand equity. But what they were hoping was that. How can how how often can you tell your story? Okay, and how creative can you tell your story? And what they thought is, let's start encouraging our their, our consumers, our customers, to tell their story about their coffee. And all of a sudden, they started getting they started getting uh, the they started getting people talking about, wow. I commute every day and I always have a cup of coffee and I, you know, I, I commute 45 minutes and, and 30 minutes into the trip, I still have really hot, enjoyable coffee. Okay. These are the kind of things that they, that they really, that they really wanted to bring to the forefront. What they also wanted to do is they wanted to understand what products to fix and, uh, where, you know, how to, you know, and, and get that information early from the buyers to say, you know, it, it, it you know, it, uh, it, the, the cup, the, the lid is too hard to get off or whatever. And so they, it, the, the negative reviews go to their product development department and the positive reviews uh, go to the marketing department to leverage. Amazing that like people don't realize what goes into converting that cart to that basket to a sale. That's right. Yeah, that, that's and right. Then, I think, and then the other point being, so that's great on the consumer front, but then think about yeah, you know, all the information and insights companies then get from the reviews and reactions. Um, it's like, you know, they don't have to run out and do any kind of focus test and bring people together. You know, the information is there. It's a matter of, you know, pulling that together in a meaningful way. And, um, and that's what Paul and team have been doing. So to be able to serve kind of both ends of, of the, uh, the retail experience, both, you know, the shopping experience, but also how the products are improved over time is, uh, it's pretty amazing. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and Stanley has been one of our longest uh, longest customers, uh, and the water bottle business uh, has actually been amazing because uh, it it has just uh, portable water. Uh, we also have worked for uh, with uh, Camelback, and you know their business blew up. Uh, and what's uh, what's really interesting is is that that portable liquid, whether it be cold water and the importance of hydration uh, or hot coffee uh, and taking hot coffee with you wherever you are in your car, those kind of things, uh, it just uh, it, it's, it's just kind of blown up. It's amazing. I, I, the, the, all those brands and uh, like everywhere you go, we're bombarded with them too. So like you say, who would have ever thought 10 years ago that that would be something that you would again, do research on even a water bottle when you talk about Camelback and Stanley and everything. Yeah. I mean, there've been, uh, there also been, been complaints about the co- the coffee's too hot. <laughs> so, I, you know, I so I, you know, I I've got to cool off the coffee before I get in the car and go to a because, you know, I spilled it all over my, you know, my dress and uh, it was really hot in the car and I'm driving down the road at 65 miles an hour. It's not it's not a good look and it's not, it's not safe. So no. No. Well, uh, well, hey, well, you know what? Let's also talk about your book before before we wrap things up. Can you tell us the title of it and and how we can buy it and put it in our cart and buy it? Yeah, uh, it's called Stand Out in the Age of the Consumer. And the subhead is connecting with the most powerful force in the marketplace. And really what I do, it's a, it's a short book. Uh, and really what I, what I do is I outline that that the the consumer to consumer or the person to person communication has been uh going on ever since the you know for 40 million years where you know we were communicating on logs and and over long distances and you know people to people communication it's really never ever ever stopped in that uh the the most powerful is, you know, your friends and neighbors talking to you about a particular uh, product or what our service. That is still the most powerful. But the second most powerful is what consumers publish in reviews. And one of the things that I take uh, the reader through is how this all started, how Amazon got rolling, and then how it it, it kind of blew up. Now, uh, the book is about uh, um, uh, about a year old, and you know things continue to move really fast. And you know everybody realizes now, especially the brands and the e-commerce sites, that uh, this this word of mouth through publication uh, through reviews is critical, uh, and they're all doing it. And that's why we came up with the consumer to consumer score now is because because when everybody loads into something, there's always a lot of noise. And that's where we are now. And that's what the, the book takes you through the power of product reviews and how good companies are utilizing them. 
And then it, it's, you know, how to handle the bad reviews and how to handle the good reviews. Um, and, you know, I think there's probably another book in my future in the fact that now, because it's become, reviews have become so successful, again, there's so much friction out there and so much, so much information that, you know, we're in the process through the consumer to consumer score to clean it up. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It absolutely makes sense. You're fascinating, Paul. I uh, I can't wait. I I think I'm going to pick your book up. It's re- it sounds really interesting, and and just everything that you've done. Um, you know, any final uh, questions, Matt? I don't think so. No, this has been awesome. I have the benefit of talking to Paul almost every day, so I think uh, the audience is also going to appreciate um, you know the vision of his business, his leadership style and uh and i think there's a lot of great things to come with channel signal so everyone should definitely check it out at channelsignal.com follow it on facebook and linkedin instagram and uh and paul thank you for taking time to to chat with us today and thank you uh matt Uh, our team uh has really enjoyed working with conversion marketing uh, and, uh, and, um, you know, this, this, this podcast, you got onto this podcast early to say, we're, you know, both working on trying to eliminate friction and build the consumer to consumer score, but you saw it as a much bigger issue that you could bring to the, the podcast. And I, I really appreciate that wider vision. Awesome. Thank you very much, Paul, and uh, we will be talking soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lead by Example. We hope you learned something new about our guest and about yourself. Please click subscribe to access past and future episodes. And remember, don't be a follower. Lead by Example.